Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Remember that uh, you can pick all, up all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks in our store at store.greatdetectives.net. Uh, not Mystery Novel, Slime Incorporated, as well as two ebooks I've written about life lessons that can be learned from great fictional detectives and policemen, all I needed to know I learned from Dragnet, and all I needed to know I learned from Columbo. Pick up your copies uh, today, but now it's time for today's episode of The Private Files of Rex Saunders. The uh, original air date on this one is July the 11th of 1951, and the title is When Murder is Along as a silent companion. Rex Harrison stars in another intriguing adventure transcribed from the private files of Rex Saunders. Concerning travel, commonly called a broadening experience, it can also be a leveling one, especially when murder is along as a silent companion. And now, the private files of Rex Thunder. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, brings you the celebrated star of stage and screen, Rex Harrison, in another exciting story taken from the private files of Rex Saunders, radio's newest man of mystery. We hope you enjoy these weekly stories of intrigue and adventure, and for another adventure in home entertainment, we suggest you try RCA Victor's fine line of radio and television products, now on display at your RCA Victor dealer. Now for our story. Resigned to the tedium of a long train trip, when my eye caught sight of a bit of promised relief. The woman in black who sat across the aisle from us in the dining car. She was blonde, pretty, and pert. And best of all, she was stealing friendly little glances in my direction. Hmm. Well, Rex, what do you think of it? Fine, Harry, just fine. Hmm. Of course, I must say so myself. It's nothing like a year at home. Oh. Not bad. Mm, no, not bad for a train, but just the same. Why? Why you're not eating? Uh, I'll get around to it presently. Just now I'm. Uh... Oh, so that's it. Oh, she keeps looking over here at me. Here we go again. Look, she's getting up from the table. Thank you for the magazine. I enjoyed the story on page ten. Page ten. I must be sure to read it. Well. 
thank you again. Say, you've been holding out on me. You didn't tell me you knew her. Believe me, Alec, I never saw her before in my life. But this magazine she returned to you. It's not mine. What? Well, let's see what the story is on page 10. Well, <laughs> evidently she mistook you for someone else. Look, she's written something in the margin. Hmm? Listen. Come to compartment 5, car D. I must see you right away. Need your help. Please hurry. It's a matter of life and death. follow you here. Follow me? The man in the blue suit. Uh, what man? What blue suit? He had a scar on the left cheek. He was sitting at the table behind me in the dining car. Didn't you see him? Well, frankly, I was much too occupied looking at you. Now, do you mind telling me what all this is about? Oh, put your arms around me. What? Hold me, quickly. It's rather sudden. Not so loud he might hear you. Please, do as I ask. Trust me. Only put your arms around me now. Well, I really didn't expect such a warm welcome as this. Tell him to come in. This is against my better judgment, but uh, you're much too attractive to stand in the way of judgment. Come in. Rex. Ah, oh, Alec, it's you. Come in. Hmm. A matter of life and death, eh? Well, <laughs> Alec, we weren't expecting you. Your uh, friend was helping me. Yes, it was just part of the job. Hmm. Well, offhand, I'd say you were rather carried away with your work. See, what's this about, anyway, that message in the magazine? What about that? Well, I was just about to get that from the young lady. By squeezing it out of it? Oh, there's enough of that, Alec. She was expecting a man. A man she's been trying to avoid. That's why she had me embrace her. Isn't that right? Yes. Well, who is the man? What's his name? I, uh... I would rather not talk about it. Probably her husband. No. No, it wasn't my husband. You, uh... You have a husband? On that ugly thought, exit Mr. Rex Saunders. No, <laughs> not quite yet. Not until I get some inkling of what all this is about. Well, it, it's nothing. Now, I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm insistent on these matters, Mrs. Um... Dixon. Jean Dixon. Well, at least I've got that much. And uh, where is Mr. Dixon? He's on this train. Well, she certainly gets around. Maybe we'd better wait here until Mr. Dixon returns. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll wait for Mr. Dixon. It won't do you any good. No? Why not? Because my husband is up in the baggage car. The baggage car? Yes. He's there in a the coffin. Well, Alec, Mrs. Dixon told us some truth, anyway. You mean there is a coffin in the baggage car? Yes, it was put on the train at Denver. According to the shipping ticket, it's uh, to be unloaded at Chicago. You know what I think? What? Mrs. Dixon is just imagining things. Her husband's death may have set her off balance a little. That often happens. I'm sure Mrs. Dixon is in some kind of trouble. And what makes you so sure? This. An automatic. Where did you get it? When Mrs. Dixon had me embrace her, I took the precaution of removing this weapon from her purse. I wonder what she was doing with a gun. 
Alec, a woman doesn't include a 25 caliber automatic among her cosmetic accessories unless she's in trouble or going to make trouble. Perhaps we'll find out just what category Mrs. Dixon is in when I receive the reply to the telegraph inquiry. Telegraph inquiry? What are you talking about? Well, before we pulled out of Minneapolis, I uh, got off the train for a moment to send a wire to the Denver police. I have an idea they may uh, clear up certain matters for us. In the meantime, it would certainly help if we only knew who it was Mrs. Dixon was hiding from. Rex. Yeah? I know what he looks like. What? I saw him. He must be the one Mrs. Dixon is afraid of. Oh, Alec, what the deuce are you talking about? The man who followed you out of the dining car when you went to Mrs. Dixon's compartment. A man who followed... Yeah, he wore a blue suit. A, a blue suit? Yes. And there was a scar on his face and the left cheek? I believe there was. Now you tell me. Well, I, I'm sorry. At, at the time, I, I thought it might just be coincidence. Coincidence? What do you mean? Well, what happened just after you left the dining car? I noticed the man in the blue suit get up from his table and follow you out. I stayed close behind him. I followed him through the train, and for a moment, he stopped before the door of Mrs. Dixon's compartment. Then he moved on. Well, I wasn't sure what you were in for, so I knocked on Mrs. Dixon's door. And there you were, holding her in your arms. Yes. Come in. Yes? Oh, thank you. A message for me. Alec, it's from, it's from Mrs. Dixon. What does she say? My husband's last wish was that his body should not be buried. Please see that the coffin is sent to the Lennox Funeral Chapel in Chicago. They have my instructions. Well, that's odd. Why is she asking you to see to it? Wait, Alec, there's more. Hmm? They're closing in now. Please do this for me in case I don't get out alive. I don't like the looks of this whole thing. Something's fishy. That Mrs. Dixon sends too many messages for our own good. Well, this time, Alec, I'm getting the whole truth from her. Did it occur to you that we may be walking into some sort of a trap? Mm, it has. But fortunately, I'm holding Mrs. Dixon's trump card, her automatic. Oh, here's a compartment. I don't like it, Rex. I don't like it one bit. Mrs. Dixon? Mrs. Dixon, it's Rex Saunders. She doesn't answer. I wonder... Wait. The door's unlocked. Right. Well, this compartment's empty. We just looked through. Alec. What is it? Her luggage. It's gone. It was up there on the rack when I was in here with her. I told you there was something fishy about this. Mrs. Dixon must have gotten off this train when we made that stop a while back in Minneapolis. That's what happened. No, Alec, she was on this train when it pulled out of Minneapolis Station. I checked this compartment to make sure of that. Then where can she be? I have no idea. But I know one thing. A woman and her luggage just don't vanish into thin air. Mrs. Dixon must be on this train someplace, and we're going to find her. Look at your radio for a second. 
Do you realize how easy it is to convert it to a modern, up-to-date radio phonograph? That's right. For as little as $12.95, you can buy the RCA Victor 45 attachment and play it through any radio, phonograph, or television set. It's as easy as that. It's as economical as that. And with RCA Victor's 45 attachment, you'll enjoy the finest in recorded music, the music you want when you want it. With RCA Victor's wonderful new 45 system of recorded music attached to your radio, you can load up to 14 records on this neat, compact little instrument. Then press a button once and relax and listen to over an hour of clear, distortion-free music on handy, non-breakable 7-inch records. So make your radio an exciting new radio phonograph. See and hear and buy the remarkable RCA Victor 45 attachment. Mrs. Dixon and all evidence of her had disappeared in the thin air. Alec and I searched the train from the first to the last car. Not a sign of her. The only tangible traces of Mrs. Dixon were her husband's coffin in the baggage car up ahead and the automatic that I'd lifted from her purse. Alec and I were right back where we started from, the dining car. Rex, you haven't eaten a thing. My mind's not on food, Alec. I'm very much afraid I won't regain my appetite until this train pulls into Chicago. You mean the wire you expect to receive from the Denver police? Yes. Alec. What is it? Up ahead. That woman going to the door, black satin dress. The same dress. And the same figure. And blonde hair. Come on. Oh, she'd only turn around. Come on, hurry before we lose her. She's going into the next car. There she is. In the next car. She's stopping. If she'd just turn around once so we could be sure that... Oh, a like a tunnel. What do we do now? Wait till we get out into the light again. But in the meantime, we might lose track of that woman, whoever she is. Well, we'll, we'll wait right here. I'm not moving. Rex! 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 We've become unpopular with some of our fellow passengers. But who could have done it? I haven't the slightest idea. That that woman who we thought might have been Mrs. Dixon. But she's not in the car ahead. She's, she's gone. And that isn't all that's missing. Well, what do you mean? Whoever played taps on our head back in that tunnel snatched Mrs. Dixon's automatic from my pocket. You mean to tell me that we're going back to our compartment and just wait? What else can we do? Well, I don't know, but just waiting, that isn't like you. Well, come to think of it, Alec, uh, Mohammed had a long wait, didn't he? Well, I recall that he finally gave up and went to the mountain. All right, then let's take a tip from Mohammed. We'll go to the mountain. Would you mind unriddling me? Not at all. 
speaking of mountains and mysteries, here we are. Why? Why, this was Mrs. Dixon's compartment. Mm-hmm. And just what do you expect to find in there now? Who can tell? It's locked. But that's impossible. These doors only lock from the inside. Yes. Yeah? What do you want? That, that, that's the man. Huh? That's him. What's the matter with that guy? My friend has a good memory for faces, especially one like yours with a scar on the left cheek. So? And as for me, I'm, I'm sure that you and I have met before. A while back in a tunnel. What are you two characters want? We're looking for Mrs. Jean Dixon. Jean don't want to see anybody. She don't feel good. It's all right, Steve. Rex, that dress she's wearing. Well, what about it? As I said, we're looking for Mrs. Jean Dixon. This was her compartment. It still is. I'm Jean Dixon. The girl in the compartment was wearing Jean Dixon's dress. And that's where the resemblance ended. I didn't know what game she and the man called Steve were up to. But I knew that Alec and I were playing with dynamite. And we had to be careful that it didn't go off in our faces. I rented a car, right? Good. It's part of the shipping exit, as you instructed. But what about the wire from the Denver police? It was waiting for me at the telegraph office. Anything helpful? Mrs. Dixon's husband was a noted person. He was? To the police. Oh. They knew him as Charles Dixon, alias Chuck Dixon. He was arrested here in Chicago ten years ago for a bank robbery. Wow. $25,000 worth. Dixon was released from prison six months ago. He left Chicago. And then he, he and his wife, Jean, turned up again in Denver. Dixon was killed last week in an auto accident. If it was an accident. Well, that isn't much help to us. We know Dixon's dead. You yourself saw his coffin on the train. And there it is now, down there on the unloading platform. Mm, it's the circumstances surrounding Dixon's death that interest me, Alec. But you said it was an accident. Well, that's the way the Denver police have it listed. However, they had an idea that it was murder, but they couldn't prove anything. And you think Mrs. Dixon was murdered, too? I think so. But we found no trace of it. No corpse. It would be an easy matter to dispose of a corpse aboard a moving train. Oh, on the contrary. I'd imagine a train would be about the worst place to hide a body. Now, you don't follow me, Alec. I think Mrs. Dixon's body and her luggage was thrown off that train. But what about that woman who's posing as Jean Dixon and that fellow with her? They must be the murderers. Undoubtedly, from the way things look. And you're allowing those two to run around loose? Well, there's nothing I can do about that just yet. Without exact proof of Mrs. Dixon's death, there's no charge I can bring up against them. Besides, Alec, I'm sure they'll be on hand when the time comes to pick them up. How do you know that? That coffin down there containing the mortal remains of Chuck Dixon. Those two have been down there on the platform near it ever since it was taken off the train. By the way, I, uh, I found out that the coffin uh, was picked up by a hearse from the Lennox Funeral Chapel. The Lennox Funeral Chapel? That was the place Mrs. Dixon mentioned in her last message to you. Yes. I wonder what it all means. Alec, wait a minute. Down there on the platform. Oh, the woman's walking away from the coffin. Yeah, she's coming this way. Quick, get behind these shipping box. Hey. I wonder what she's up to. That's up to you to find out. I follow her? Yes. In the meantime, I'll keep an eye on her partner. Let me know where she goes and then let out of sight for a moment. All right. Just let me have the keys of the car. Oh. There you are. It's a black mash sedan. 
Oh, one more thing. Yes? If I'm not here when you get back, I'll probably be parked outside the Lennox Funeral Chapel. From here on, I'm keeping close tabs on that coffin. I missed you at the station. The coffin was uh, picked up there half an hour ago. Well, what happened? She got into a cab outside the station. I followed her across town, and then her cab stopped at a small hotel on Pearl Street. The Saxon. What then? She got out of the cab and went inside. I waited a few minutes outside. Then I went in and checked the register. She signed in as Mrs. Jane Dixon. And they gave her room 306. Anything developed here? Not so far. The coffin was delivered to the funeral chapel across the street. What about the man Steve? He's been in the chapel. What do you suppose he's doing in there? I don't... Well, speak of the devil. Huh? There he is, coming out of the chapel now. He's getting into that car parked outside. Oh, you better get started. We might lose him. We're not following him. We've got to... What? Come on. But, Rick! Oh, sometimes I don't understand you at all. You let him drive off just like that, knowing full well that he and that woman murdered Mrs. Dixon. I told you before, Alex, that those two will be available when the time comes to arrest them. Just now, I have a keener interest in Mr. Dixon's coffin. It's this room, Alec. Come on. Yeah. And now that we're here, what do we do? Have a look inside this coffin. Yeah. Look! That man in there, he... He's breathing. Get back. Oh. Get back, you two. One phony move and I shoot you both full of holes. Alec, let me introduce this gentleman. Chuck Dixon. But he... He's alive. Yeah, but you two ain't living to talk about it. Just a minute is all the time it takes to recognize the peak of perfection. Sixty seconds of listening to the unbelievably fine RCA Victor 9X571, and you'll realize performance you never thought possible in a table model radio. The RCA Victor 9X571 brings you tone you could never get before from a table model radio. An enormous new 8-inch speaker is mainly the answer, the reason for deep, rich tone usually found only in consoles. The exclusive Golden Throat Tone System... Fine reception from a built-in antenna, a beautiful plastic cabinet with a fine wood effect, illustrate the quality that is matched with utmost economy in RCA Victor's wonderful new 9X571. See it for yourself. You'll know it's true that RCA Victor's 9X571 brings you everything you could ever want in a table model radio at an incredibly low price. Better write the name down, 9X571. Be sure to buy the RCA Victor 9X571. I got the money, Gene. It's all... Hello, Chuck. Shelly. What are you doing here? Come on in before I blow your stupid brains out right where you're standing. 
Where's Jane? How'd you get here? What'd you do with Jane? You got the money in that bag, haven't you? Where's Jane? You and that sneaky wife of yours are going to pull a fast one on Steve and me. Playing dead so you could come back and dig up the money for yourselves. <laughs> Playing Steve and me for a couple of stupid suckers. Well, we waited ten years for that money. Ten long years for you to lead us to that bank money. And now we've got it. We've got it all for ourselves, too. You didn't want to do it straight with us, so now you're out. Where's Jean? Where is she? Jean? She's dead. What? That's where she is. Nice and dead, just like you're going to be. You killed her. Now, Steve did. When Steve gets here, he's doing the same job on you. I doubt that, seriously. What? what? And may I suggest you drop that gun? Unless, of course, you want Alec to fire. Well, how did you get here? They came with me. What? Or rather, Mr. Dixon came with us by special permission of the local police. They said you and Steve killed Jean. I came just to make sure. And I'd say that point was eminently settled by the lady's admission. Eminently, Alec. That bag, the money. Oh, yes, the money. That, that would concern you. Well, rest assured, the funds are in good hands, down at headquarters. Now, suppose we all sit down and wait for Steve. You two should be very pleased. That must be Steve at the door now. Let him in, Alec. Let him in, by all means. trip the rest of the way home. Hmm. Correct. Yeah? There's still some things I don't understand. According to the Denver police, Chuck Dixon was killed in that auto crash. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't killed at all. Well, Chuck and his wife, Jean, had a neat plan to recover the money Chuck and Steve had stolen in the bank robbery ten years ago. Chuck had hidden the money before he was picked up by the police. But Chuck wanted it uh, for himself and Jean, so... When he was released from prison, he and Jean went to Denver. He thought that if his former partners learned of his death, they'd give up the idea of ever finding the stolen funds. But they didn't give up. No, not at all. They followed Chuck to Denver. And when the police found the body in the car crash, Steve and Sally had an idea that it was one of Chuck's tricks to put them off the trail. But whose body was in that car? Oh, it was a derelict Chuck had picked up. The body was smashed beyond recognition. You know... That was the fright of my life when we found Chuck Dixon alive in his own coffin. I never expected that I'd see... Rex. Hmm? You're not even listening to me. What did you say, Alex? I said you weren't listening. Oh, forgive me. I was, uh... I was looking at her. Her? That attractive brunette over there across the aisle from me. You know, Alec, I'm sure she's been trying to gain my attention... I knew it. I just knew it was too good to last. We'll probably never get home now. Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, a 
episode with uh, a few interesting features. I don't recall one with so much uh, interaction between uh, Rex and Alex just talking about the case. And one thing I, I, I didn't like is it seems like all of the exciting parts were essentially glossed over so we could get to more talking. So this is a bit of an odd approach. And I'll, and perhaps I should have noticed this uh, sooner, but it seems like all of Rex Saunders' cases began with a woman coming to him asking for help. And he's just out and about. So that's definitely a, a unique setup, I would think. All right, well, now to some listener comments and feedback. And I uh, misread this one from Joel and thought it was about another. I actually thought it was about the Superman show, but uh, I should have re read a little more closely. Um, because he says in the title that it was uh, the announcement regarding racial and religious divisiveness on Rex Saunders. Uh, the survey uh, referred to was rather stark evidence of the public acceptance of the attacks on people based on race or religion. Uh, if this was during the war years, it's even more significant given today's climate of racial and uh, ethnic animosities, it seems we have not traveled very far. Sad. Um, well, Joel, uh, regarding that ad, uh, this uh, episode was released in 1951, and uh, uh, I, I think during the war years there was a greater sense of uh, uh, of, of national unity, uh, even though there were still all these racial and religious uh, issues that were below the surface on the on the war uh, radio broadcast, we aired a few episodes of New World of Common, which was a radio program uh, made in New York, mostly by black Americans, and then an episode of uh, Destination Freedom, which was made in Chicago, also mostly by black Americans, and in both cases, there were, were uh, c cases of discrimination that went on during the war. I think that as a result of the war, there were efforts to combat it made, and we've heard a lot of PSAs on that point uh, during the post-war era. I, I, I will say that listening to these ads does have a, um, a sad feel of uh, being uh, very current and relevant to uh, today's society. Joel also uh, emails in, uh, listening to the ads for RCA a products on Rex Saunders reminds me of the times, uh, time when uh, products like that uh, were made in America and employed millions in good-paying jobs. Uh, sad they are long gone. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate the comment and uh, have uh, one final one from Daniel uh, writes on uh, Facebook. It's interesting that New Orleans. New Orleans are always portrayed as having an accent like they come from Georgia or Tennessee. The fact is that the New Orleans accent sounds more akin to that of New York or New Jersey. Hmm, interesting. I've been to Baton Rouge and Alexandria and a few rural parts of Louisiana. I've not been to uh, New Orleans myself. 
So I can't speak to this uh, too much. I will say that a big city like that is going to attract officers from all over the state and all over the country. So while a native New Orleans uh, resident might have a different accent, you could get a police officer or something with uh, a more uh, traditional southern accent. Thanks so much for the comment, Daniel, and uh, that will do it for today. I do want to say that the private files of Rex Saunders will be ending soon. In four weeks, we'll be bringing you Hollywood mystery time for two weeks, so be uh, looking forward to that. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.